0: Hiya, folks. On this month's Behind the Scenes, there's a section from yours truly where I discuss the new addition to Farnaby Towers, voicing mythical creatures and, of course, the Gardener. There's also a second section where Alexa interviews Maudlin's very own Banshee herself, Elaine Barrett. Hope you all enjoy. I kind of like to start my section by... um talking a little bit about a particular coincidence that happened um, with this episode of (laughs) Maudlin. It's um, basically at the very end of of the episode, in the end credits, uh, we brought our dragons back Um, (laughs) and it kind of growls a bit and then scares Worsley off and he screams and dashes off actually on the end credits. And it's, you know, and maudlin's of course, synonymous now with dragons. And, uh, in fact, when I actually met Alexa last year, um, I gave her a little toy dragon. And when you press the head, its head lights up red. (laughs) Well, anyhow, as I was actually producing this particular episode, episode four, it's really bizarre, but I actually adopted a real-life dragon. I kid you not. I've I've actually adopted a white leopard gecko lizard. And and these things are actually sometimes called white dragons, believe it or not. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting that the week I'm producing the episode where we bring Maud's dragons back... We actually adopt a real life dragon into Farnaby Towers. (laughs) Now, she's about, um, she's white, of course, like I said, with like a a black leopard pattern on her. And she's three years old, and uh, apparently is nicknamed Bindi after a a type of curry. (laughs) Because these particular types of geckos actually come from India and Pakistan. (laughs) So the vet that had her before me uh, obviously had quite a sense of (laughs) humour and um, quite clearly enjoyed hot spicy food too. (laughs) Anyhow, she's kind of cute and really, really settling down well at Farnaby Towers. In fact, inside a vivarium, that's the tank we we keep her in, um, she has a little hiding rock and when she hears my voice now... Um, She comes out from under a hiding rock And actually comes scuttling across to the front of the tank Just waiting for me to open the doors And and actually pick her up and take her out Um, She absolutely loves me (laughs) It must be something to do with the mod connection It absolutely has to be Because as many of you are aware I actually voiced the dragons in (laughs) maudlin So I don't know whether she sort of sees me as a kindred spirit now (laughs) <laughs> and of course, speaking of voicing mythical creatures on mod, um, in this episode I actually also played the woodchuck. <laughs> and that was great fun to do, of course. Um, I mean, how cool is that? I am the one guy on planet Earth who got to get Dave MacGyver, Mark Khalida, Peter Franzen, right? And I get to throw sticks at their head. <laughs> <laughs> no seriously though it was really really odd voicing this particular creature because obviously I did lots of sort of purring sounds you know for when Sophie's kind of stroking it and then I did all these sort of um, type sounds as well you know these little sort of small furry creature type sounds <laughs> I remember when I was voicing that particular character and creating all these mad sort of you know small furry creature sound effects um my wife, man, actually walked past the studio door. And of course, in most households, if you walk past an open door and inside the room, there's a guy sort of sat there going, you know, you, you would think, what the heck's going on? Uh, but man kind of just walked past the room as if it was just completely normal. It's part of our everyday normal life now, you know. And, and she sort of had that look on her face as if to say, oh, it's okay, Stevie's doing modelling again. <laughs> and of course, I also got to play the gardener again. <laughs> now, I have to say that as a voice actor, anyway, um, I tend to go for roles that really challenge me. Um, you know, the type of roles where I'm not playing me. If you, if, if you know what I mean, when I'm playing a character that's sort of radically different to me. And of course, I'm playing a 1930s gardener and, and an old man as well, um, who's obviously somewhat of a cockney. And I'm from the other end of the country personally, because I'm from right the way up north of England. And, um, <laughs> actually, there's a funny story here. Um, I've been saying to Alexa for a very, very long time that I think we should hear the gardener sing. <laughs> which i think if i'm not mistaken actually started as a threat (laughs) i think alexa was winding me up one day sort of saying oh i'm gonna get you as a character sort of singing on (laughs) modelling. and i said well yeah go for it write it and i'll do it you know fantastic anyhow um the gardener in this episode wasn't actually meant to be singing according to the script. And as a producer and director on audio drama shows, I've kind of got a bit of a reputation and I'm, I'm, I'm very notorious for not sticking to the scripts. <laughs> and so here I am, I'm thinking, this is my perfect opportunity to get the gardener singing again. Because <laughs> of course, I added the gardener's voice to the God Save the Queen thing. Um, that we did <laughs> um, on the end credits in series, on one of the episodes on series one, of course. And I thought that the gardener should be singing while he's sat there sort of pottering around in the garden. Um, so one of the interesting things I did was I flicked around the internet. And, you know, the type of sites where people are sort of trying to protect 1930s tunes to the point at which they're still out there and people can still listen to them and hear them free of charge and stuff you know and so i flicked through the internet to find an actual um, tune or a song that was actually popular in the 1930s and (laughs) that's actually what the gardener's singing he's singing a song that was made famous by um the great sashmo himself louis Armstrong, and it's called um Oh, let me think. <laughs> I've forgotten the name of it now. <laughs> when you're smiling, that's it. Um, and so, uh, and I mean, he's totally singing it out of key. In fact, he's not even in tune, and he, he's not actually singing to the actual tune of the song either, uh, <laughs> to be honest. And and that's part of the character for me because I wanted him to sort of be sort of a guy who kind of caught a flash of a song. And then while he's sitting there, um, pottering away in the garden, you know, this sort of song comes back to him, but he can remember the song but can't remember the tune. (laughs) And that's kind of how I imagined the gardener to be. You know, maybe he's just a little bit... uh, You know, we already know he's a peculiar character and sometimes he can lose his rag a little bit as well. Um, But I also imagined him as kind of somewhat of a a bumbling, eccentric character too. And that all kind of comes into play. Uh, where i sang this song (laughs) anyways um i think it's about time i close my little section here and hand over to the very capable hands of alexa and of course elaine and um i hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed putting this together bye-bye now
1: so i'm here with elaine barrett who is the writer and producer of Gaia's Voyages, also on Broken Sea, and she's here to talk a little bit about Maudlin. Hello, folks. Do you have any favorite characters on the show?
2: Oh, I like all the main cast. All of all, everybody does a great job. Of course, I love David and Mac because they're also on Gaia, but everybody does a really fantastic job. The characters, you can... They're definitely interesting in originals.
1: And in this episode, we saw a lot of different little furry creatures. So what do you think about having creatures on Maud versus
2: actual mythical characters? It's an actually, it's an interesting change. It shakes shakes things up a bit. And who knows, everybody loves seeing like get hit in the head with chunks of wood. (laughs) (laughs) He screams so well. Yes, I bet that was something that everybody had been wanting to do to Worsley for a really long time, so they were rooting for the woodchucks.
1: (laughs) And what do you think about the canal water disappearing? And would you like to go boating? Do you like boating at all?
2: Um, Well, I love fishing, so yes, I always would like to go boating. Definitely would like to go boating. That was one thing I didn't get a chance to do when I was in Cambridge, was why ride the punts?
1: If you had a chance to go to Maudlin, where would you go? Library or?
2: Oh, I, you can see libraries anywhere. I would probably just wander the grounds and take uh-huh. a lot of pictures of the different architecture and such.
1: So there's a particular character that will be important later Colchester. What do you think of Colchester so far?
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> He is such a pain in the ass. He needs a good kick. <laughs> but it's Dave, and I'm always partial to David, so I can't say too many bad things about him.
1: Right. There was a new character introduced with this episode as well, Deberg.
2: Oh, yes, Berg. Yes. <laughs> Stephen does a good job with his voice.
1: Deberg is the first one reading for science. Everyone else
2: is need, Yeah, and we need a little bit of science in there, you know, because <laughs> I can imagine him running around trying to find scientific explanations for things when everybody else is just trying to deal with it. Worsley's running away. <laughs> uh, Westbrook is coming out with some sort of horsey anecdote. Colch- I mean, Colchester is just growling at everybody, and Atherton is running off with the sword to be the knight in shining armor, so right. it's a different, definitely a nice, different little facet to things.
1: Yeah, we'll be seeing a lot more of him later. <laughs> we, we both know something that you don't at this point.
2: <laughs> we know something you don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, Elaine will be joining the cast. Well, I would, I'd like to say shortly, but I'm very much ahead in the writing.
2: The season finale. Yes, well, i also played the, I was the Banshee in the Halloween episode, and I yes. did another little yes. role, so. I'm <laughs> I not going <did> <laughs> like Really, I was. Uh, spooky did some really funky stuff with my voice. I was the evil Li- daughter of lies sort of thing.
1: Right. I think that was episode two
2: in February. Pretty sure. I forget her name, but I was just doing really evil little things with my voice. It was kind of fun. <laughs>
1: And what do you think of Stevie's mixing in MOD?
2: Well, Stevie is the mixing god. I bow and worship at his feet. I would not be able to do half as good as I am mixing right now. And Guy would not sound nearly as good without a lot of his help and tweaks, plus a lot of other people I've been bugging for advice. So, yes, Stevie, you are the bomb. <laughs> Everybody, listen to Escape from New York. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, what we were saying the other day that Stevie is the David Alt of mixing.
2: Yes, definitely. Yes. And he has Max cheekiness. Mhm.
1: Exactly. Do <laughs> you have any other thoughts on Mod
2: before we go? Oh, just that I'm really looking forward to when I come in and seeing how things progress. Definitely going to be a little bit interesting. Definitely.
1: <laughs> we'll learn a lot about different backstories.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
1: We're nodding knowingly.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Can't say anything. Can't say anything. But it's nice being in the know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thank you for
1: coming on the behind the scenes of Maudlin. Always happy to Alexa anytime.
2: Cheerios.